the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every Christian's desire should be to live a life that is pleasing before God. Listen in today as Pastor Draper speaks to us about living to please God. Pastor Draper will be speaking from 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, the first verse. When is the last time you sat, took a chair, and sat on your front porch and just waved and spoke to folk as they passed by? Now, y'all say, that sounds crazy. Don't look at me. You say, are you sick? I'm saying something simple. You're so big, you drive in the car, the door goes down, and it stays down until the next day you leave for daylight, you come out, you shoot out, then you go back in, let your door down. When is the last time any of us just said, you know what, I'm going to sit on the porch, I'm going to eat some watermelon, or I'm going to have some cake. Amen. <laughs> That's that old time, watermelon. And... Uh, Take it, and then, you know, you have some slices there, and then you begin to offer whatever it is, some, some cake or some cookies, and you say, hey, I got some, hey, look here, I got some. Man, folk, folk think you crazy, but that's the best thing you could do. That's building relationship. You want to build relationship, give them something to eat. <laughs> it doesn't have to be expensive. Just some cookies from Sam's or something, little sandwiches, and you'll be surprised. They'll come, some lemonade. And just say, you just bet, I'll sit on your grass. You say, oh, it's too manicured. <laughs> Give up the God of grass and put a chair on it. Sit a little closer to the streets. Neighbors. One of my neighbors told me, another neighbor told me, you know what? You are doing what the scripture says. The scripture says, love thy neighbor. And that just blessed me so much. And I wouldn't have heard that had I not got engaged in my own neighborhood. And you know what? God is trying to wake us up. I'm going to tell you something else, too. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When you got a chair on the porch, don't turn your chair toward the door. You know, I see some people that got chairs. I look at some neighbors, and I walk in, and some neighbors, their chairs are turned, their chairs are turned, you know, they're sitting where they don't look this way. They're sitting facing the, I said, man, what purpose is that chair? That you ought to, we ought to be welcoming, and we ought to be open. Y'all should have confounded me with so many of you bringing so many neighbors. And you know what? You have to have at least 10 invites or even more to get one. Now, if you did 10 and didn't come, that's one thing. But you know, you got to give your best effort to the glory of Almighty God. Witnessing. In other words, that leads me to my next point, number four. Use every God-given opportunity to tell those that God is going to place right in your path about Jesus Christ. 
Use every God-given opportunity to tell those that God is going to place right in your path about Jesus Christ. We do not have enough of the cross in our daily conversation. Talking about the person and works of Jesus Christ and his soon return pleases God. We had an appliance man come and make a delivery at our home the other day. And they were out waiting. They were just doing all kind of stuff and with their two-wheelers and getting everything situated. And while they were there, I said, you know, y'all, Jesus Christ is coming back. Are you ready? He said, if he comes, I'll be on my knees. That's what one of them said. I said, well, that's a good place to be, but it's good, it's good if you can be on your knees before he comes. Just give him a quick one. They wasn't there no more than, you know, they move fast. No more than 10, 12 minutes, but I got me a minute worth in. How many times do people come to your door and make deliveries or deliver something and you just say, have a good day? The best day they can have is getting Jesus Christ into their lives. Acts 1a says, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. God calls us to be a witness, not just to talk about the cowboys. And talk about how bad they lost. Why don't you talk about Jesus who won? Who saved you? Who transformed? Listen, God, I know somebody you can, who wins and who has won. Cowboys will let you down like they might do with tonight. Oh, I know what's going on. You know, that's a good time to witness. Thank you, Holy Spirit. How about getting a game instead of inviting your holy huddle that you know in the church all the time? Same old foe, shut the door and no more. We're going to have a cowboy get rescued game and I'm going to put on some burgers. I'm going to grill them babies or some dogs, some wieners, and I'm going to invite my neighbors over. And during halftime, we're going to eat and I'm going to bless the food, and we're going to hold hands in a circle, and I'm going to share John 3.16 and talk about the love of Jesus. You ain't got to preach to them for a whole hour, but you can squeeze them. The halftime can be your time for God. Amen? Amen? You can glorify God in the game. I mean, why have an entertainment room and don't invite sinners in to be entertained and give them Jesus? Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? Number five. We please God when we allow the Holy Spirit to have more control of our lives. We please God when we allow the Holy Spirit to have more control over our lives. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. Okay? And a lot of folk are getting drunk around games, slapping the television around. But God is saying, be filled with the what? The Holy Ghost. Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to strengthen my areas of weaknesses? The Holy Ghost will do that. I can't please God being weak and feeble. The Holy Spirit wants to refine us. He will improve us. He will speak to our hearts. But many of you tune the Holy Ghost out through stubbornness, worldly pleasure, selfishness, too many relationships to the point that the voice of God has been drowned out by the voice of man. And therefore, some of you spend more time on the cell phones, television, internet, and with friends than you do with God. And God is calling you to be pleasing unto him. 
Acts 5.29 says, But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Number six, we please our Lord when we seek to know God's will and do it. We please our Lord when we seek to know God's will and what? And do it. John 5.30. The Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 30, it says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. And as Jesus was in the Father's will, the Lord is calling us to be in his will. Thy kingdom come, what? Thy will be done on what? Earth as it is in heaven. All that Jesus did was depend upon the Father's word and will. Are you so wrapped up in your own selfish desires and ambitions and agendas and careers that you fail to know God's will and do it at any cost? Beloved, the word of God and the spirit of God will reveal the will of God. Did you get that? The word of God and the spirit of God will reveal what? The will of God as you cultivate an intimate relationship with him. The word of God and the what? Spirit of God will reveal what? The will of God as you cultivate an intimate relationship with him. You will not know his will out there on your own. You will not know his will unless you spend time with him. You will not know his will living in sin. You will not know his will having it your way. You will not know his will uh, from just surfing the internet and raising up your cell phone bill. If Jesus submitted to the will of the Father, then God expects no less from us. Number, uh, number seven. In order to please God, it is crucial that we spend time with believers who are on fire for God. In order to please God, we must, it is crucial that we spend time with believers who are what? On fire for God. That's my heart's desire. I have a deep, I have many dear friends who are cold. I have friends who are lukewarm and I have friends who are hot. And the majority of my time, I love spending with people who are on fire and excited about God. It is too late. Jesus is almost back and I don't need to be living in spiritual regression. Amen. Lord, deliver me from just hanging around dead folk. That's, make, that's killing my walk with the Lord. So some of y'all want to go back home and God delivered you from your roots. And we, how, how many of you ever went back home and saw some old folk that you haven't seen in a long time and when you look at them, they look bad. They look worse than you. Same old talk, same old stuff, same old cycle. And you say, oh, if it weren't for the grace of God moving me out there or moving me away, I would be just like, just like them. Thank God that you moved me out when I didn't want to be moved. And some of y'all die. I got to go back home. I want to die over here in this cemetery. Listen, when you dead, you dead. Your body is dead. Your, your, the spirit is alive. But when your body is gone, it's gone. You're trying to get way back yonder. You Listen, you better stay where God has planted you. Trying to get back home. To do what? Do what? Abraham left home, never went back. Isaac wouldn't even let his, 
uh, Isaac would let his son go back there. You, you, to do what? Got to go back home. Got to go back home. No, you ought to be saying, I'm going home. I'm going to heaven. Number seven. I mean, number eight. Pleasing God involves not being entangled with the affairs of this life. Pleasing God involves not being entangled with the affairs of this life. The text says that we ought to please God more and more, abound more and more. Paul exhorts the Thessalonian church to please him. Pleasing God involves not being entangled with the affairs of this life. Too many saints are playing in the enemy's camp. And that's why you can't please God. Playing in the enemy camp. Look at uh, 2 Timothy 2.4. Everyone turn there. I need you to see it. 2 Timothy 2.4. It says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a what? A soldier. I repeat it again for those of you who have just found it. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Just as a soldier is called to duty, is completely severed from the normal affairs of civilian life, so also must a good soldier of Jesus Christ refuse his or herself to become entangled and distracted by the things of this world. A good soldier remains alert. Why? Because the enemy, they're subject to sneak up on you. A lot of times they, they camouflage themselves. You got to be focused. You can't be saying, you know what? You down in the trenches and you fighting over Iraq and bums and things are happening and you wondering, did your wife get your car washed yesterday? And folk are dying all over. You're not thinking about car. You're not th- thinking about going hunting in the midst of bullets or whatever's coming at you. No. No. You stay focused because it's a matter of life and death. If you're not focused, not only will you kill yourself, you'll kill all those around you. You got to watch for booby traps. You got to safeguard yourself. And then you have to, a good soldier perseveres through adversity. How many soldiers and women, men and women we have in here? You in the military or you once were? Huh? Right. You know, and, and, and about making you a soldier, you know what? They, they don't care about what you think. When you swore in, they don't, you can't tell them, give me this hairstyle. <laughs> Amen. You can't drop your pants half off your bottom and say, you know what, I want to fight for Uncle Sam. They tell you how to dress, and you better have those shoes spent shine. They tell you how to make that bed. and you have, how, how long do you have to shower sometimes? Two minutes? A whole body two minutes? Boy, they all still come out kind of smelling. Two minutes. <laughs> I tell you, you hit them vital areas and you go right on, don't you? Won't y'all say amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Two, you better be in there and you better, be out, you better get out. Or else, you ever seen the whole group suffer for one little guy, that can, one woman that won't speed up? And y'all mad at her because all y'all got to run five more miles? Somebody know what I'm talking about. And what I'm saying is that uh, they don't care about, in other words, they don't care about your rights, your opinions, what you think. That's why you're going through boot camp. The boot camp, the purpose is to strip all, all of yourself out of you so that you can be one unit, lest you kill all of them, get all of them killed. You put that uniform on, in other words, 
You're saying you know more yourself. You've blown Uncle Sam. Amen? And you going to do it. And you know what? When you come into the Lord's army, it's about stripping off. Amen? And some of y'all are making us look bad because you're misrepresenting Christ and all of us are suffering because of how you looking. And God's going, sometimes God have to whoop all of us because who are you out there? Where are you? Somebody out there sleeping around with somebody that ain't their wife. Who, where you at? Somebody got a lottery ticket. Where are you? You going to get us all whipped. Where are you? Somebody messing with pornography. And that's why the church don't have the anointing she ought to have. Come out from among. Where are you down in there? Some of you lying and cussing. Where are you? Some of y'all tuning into strange channels. No wonder the church is so sick. Where, where are you? You're getting us all in trouble. God wants you to straighten yourself up before he make us all run an extra five miles. God wants us to persevere. You know a good soldier knows how to persevere? When they're out there, when it starts raining, they don't care. Sometimes you're in mud up to your neck. Sometimes you're itching. I mean, no, sometimes no sleep. But you persevere because the issue is life or death. You know what? We ought to be able to persevere and not be fair-weather Christians simply because the issue for many here today is life or what? Life or death. Number nine. If you're going to please God, you got to realize that everything the Lord has given you is for the purpose of pleasing God. Everything the Lord has given you is for the purpose of what? Pleasing God. We were created and saved to please God and bring him glory. Everything the Lord has given us is for the purpose of pleasing God. We were, how many of you know God created you and you just didn't involve from a monkey? Man, that's an insult. A monkey? That's the good as it can get. I didn't come from no monkey. Now, if you want to come from a monkey, you just monkey on. God made me. In the beginning, God. God, who are you worried about that? God. You know what? If you believe things just happen to happen, you dismiss God and there's no sense of accountability and you can do whatever you want. Everything the Lord has created and given to us is for the purpose of pleasing God. We were created by God and we were saved by God. Why were we saved? We were saved to glorify God and bring him glory. Glorify God and to please him. To please and glorify God is why we were saved. You know what that means? All that we possess is for pleasing God. Our home, our car, our abilities, whatever you, whatever you are able to do, God gave you that ability, and he gave it to you for him. You know math well, or you can count well, you can do whatever very well. It's, it's because God gave it to you. You can teach, you can sing, you can whatever it is, counsel, uh, you can do engineering, architecture, uh, ability to do uh, minister to people as a doctor, a nurse, or uh, whatever you are attorney. Uh, it's given to you to please God. The monies that flow into your account 
is from God to you for the purpose of pleasing him. Do you realize your body parts were given to you to please God? Amen? You say, what, body parts? Yeah. Let me show you something. Turn to Romans chapter 6, verses 13 through 14. Reading from the New Living Translation, Romans 6, 13 and 14. Do not let any part of your body become a tool of wickedness to be used for sinning. Instead, give yourselves completely to God since you have been given what kind of life? New life. And use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for for the glory of God. Your whole body. Sin is no longer your master. In other words, it, it doesn't have dominion. It doesn't rule over you. For you are no longer subject to the law which enslaves you to sin. Instead, you are free by God's grace. Your body parts are to be are given you to please God. Let me. What are you doing with your eyes? What are you looking at with your eyes? Yeah. What are you looking at? Uh, what's that talk? What's that man that talk show uh, that I don't like? He does all this great. Jerry Springer. Thank you. You looking at Jerry Springer? You mean God has gifted your eyes to see that kind of stuff? Pornography? What are you listening to with your ears? What are you putting in your mouth? What are you doing with your hands? Are you stealing? Putting them in places they ought not be? You're buying a lottery ticket? Where are you going with your feet? Is that a body part? Amen. Is that a body part? Where did you go last night or the night before or through the week or at an odd hour? I'm going to go even deep. I'm going to say it. I'm in the church. What are you doing with your private parts? Yeah, I said just what I said. I don't have to go no further than that. You know what I'm talking about. What are you doing with your private parts? Because all are given to you for the sole purpose of what? glorifying God. And you know what? We expect the world to misuse body parts, but Christians? God expects a higher standard to the glory of God. Finally, but not the least, we please God when revival becomes the longing of our hearts. We please God when when revival becomes the what? The longing of our hearts. Psalms 85, 6. Psalms 85, 6 says, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? If, if we're to please God, we must experience revival. Say revival. God cannot receive glory from a dry, stale, stagnant saint. Revival brings renewed passion. A passion, when, you're, when, you're, when your passion has been renewed, you won't just stop at knocking on one neighborhood door. When, when you've been renewed with passion, neighborhood outreach, when we, when we flood these communities, you are there. Revival is having zeal for God. It is a zeal. Revival is being rekindled with fire from above. The fire of God rekindling our souls. You know what revival is? 
Revival, revival is a heightened sense of enthusiasm. You're excited about the fact you're saved, and you're excited about kingdom opportunities. Oh, matter of fact, you're upset when someone didn't let you in on what God was doing. And how many of you are excited to, to witness? Excited to give to God the tithe? Excited to believe God for impossible things? I mean, you don't just see what isn't, you see what God can do. I mean, excited. I mean, revival is rejoicing in the God of our salvation. That's revival. In closing, who are you seeking to please? Is it yourself? If you're pleasing yourself, that's why you can't please God. Yourself can get in God's way. Are you a people pleaser? Are you seeking to please people? Are you seeking to please Satan? Every time God says for you to do something and you don't do it, who have you pleased? Huh? When God tells you to read your Bible and Satan give you every reason why you shouldn't, who have you pleased? When God is prompting your heart to make a, a commitment, a decision for Jesus Christ, and Satan give you these little whimsical excuses, and you decide to believe the lie of Satan instead of hearing the voice of God, who have you pleased? Now y'all scared to say it. Satan. And many times we please Satan and don't even know it. When it comes my time to die, how many of you are going to know, unless the rapture comes, how many know you're going to die one day? When it comes my time to die, all that really matters is did I live a life to please God? When you stand before God, he's not going to ask you how much money did you have in your account. He's not going to ask you what kind of car did you drive. He's not going to ask you about your status. He's not going to ask you about your position. He's not going to ask you about uh, your cruise you went on. He's not going to ask you about that. How many books you read? He's not going to ask you, did you graduate summa cum laude? He's not going to ask you, did you graduate? Thank you, Lordy. I said, a lot of us graduated. Thank you, Lordy. But he's going to ask you, did you live to please me? Was I the apple of your eye? Was I the fairest of 10,000? This poem sums it up called God Counted Crosses. I counted dollars while God counted crosses. I counted gains while he counted losses. I counted my worth by the things gained in the store, but he sized me up by the scars that I bore. I coveted honors and sought for degrees. He wept as he counted the hours on my knees, and I never knew Till one day at a grave, how vain are these things that we spend life to save. All God's children said. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. 
The Bible tells us to trust Him, lean on Him, and to acknowledge Him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on Him and Him alone to uniquely perform His good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.